Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Church, everyone say tension. Church online, write tension in the comments or better yet, Use your favorite emoji to communicate tension. Oh, I wonder which one it is. But this tension, can you just feel it in the song? You feel that tension. And this is a new series we're starting called Tensions. Everyone say it again, Tensions. Living in the in-between, what do we mean by tension? Well, usually tension has a negative connotation. Usually we think, oh, I got some tension with that person. It's a bad thing. Well, this is a different kind of tension. You know, there's a tension that's really good, actually very necessary. Your body needs tension. If there was not the tension of ligaments and tendons in your body, you would be a pile of bones. That would not be very attractive. <laughs> But tension is good. All of you that like to camp in a tent, you were very thankful there is tension keeping that tent up and not collapsing down, especially when it rains. This is true. There's tension, a bow and arrow. You need tension to be able to shoot an arrow. The best music is actually carefully crafted tension. You need tension in a guitar, in a bass guitar, in a piano. You need tension in the strings to have beautiful music. Jer, show us a little bit more of this tension. See the tension that you feel in music. Oh, just feel it. Keep going. Just keep going. You keep doing. You can bring it up a little bit louder. Feel that tension, feel it. You want it to resolve, but it's not resolving yet. There we go. Oh, see your ear. Show us the not tension. Show us that where we, we were waiting for that resolve again. Like what it feels like, that tension. What's that chord? feel there's something in you it's like land that baby land that baby please land that it's like our ear is looking for that resolve and when you hear the resolve it's like this ah see there's the resolve did you hear it so good you know what 90 percent thank you Jer so we could just let him keep playing you can keep playing. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. 90% of the music that gives you the goosebumps, it's this tension where you're left hanging, longing for that resolve. Everyone say tension. Tension. See, there's also a tension that we experience deep in our soul. You might not be conscious of it. But there is this tension deep in our soul. There's a tension deep down inside of us that is longing for something. And it's this tension of what we call living in the now and the not yet of God's 
kingdom. We are longing for a resolve. There is something in your soul that is looking for a resolve that is not found in this world. We're longing for this resolve, but we're not going to find it in this world. We're living in the in-between. County sounds like a new season of Stranger Things. Mike got lost in the in-between. If you've never seen Stranger Things, you are missing a very good show. Online, if you watch Stranger Things, thumbs up. There you go. Thumbs up. God's kingdom now and not yet. It goes like this. See what Jesus Christ did because of what Jesus did through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. He said he came announcing God's kingdom here on earth. God's kingdom is here now. In other words, God's program to remake things, to reset things, to renew things on the earth. It has started. Yes, there is still a lot that is not working, a lot that is still not fixed. And that's what's called the not yet of God's kingdom. There's a lot of hearts, a lot of corners, a lot of systems, even in our world, the way things work, the way things don't work that haven't been touched yet by God's kingdom. But that doesn't mean it's not real. So we live in this now and the not yet where Jesus' death and resurrection is in the process, but it hasn't yet made all things new. True? This is true. Some of the examples are some examples of the tension in this in-between. It's this, we live in this space where we're very thankful but yet there's still this dissatisfaction in us. Have you ever experienced that? It's like, God, this is so awesome, but yet it sucks so bad. We're fulfilled, yet we're frustrated. We're blessed, but we feel like our life is a wreck. The tension of freedom, yet we're called to serve. The tension of grace and truth, the tension of grieving, yet we're always rejoicing, like Paul said it. And these tensions aren't something to eliminate, just like you don't want to eliminate the tension in your body that's needed. Now, too much tension, and you're walking around like this, that's not good either. So you need just enough tension. But if we get rid of all tension, we're missing out on something powerful. We're missing out on something beautiful. Tensions are something to manage. Everyone say manage. Look at the person beside you. Maybe if you're far enough away, you could just, you know, try to say it loud enough. Manage it. Just say manage it. Online, manage it. Thumbs up, high five, whatever it is. Manage it. So these tensions, this is what we're gonna be looking at over the next couple of weeks. How do we manage these tensions? How do we live in this in-between? How do I manage the tensions without them breaking me or without trying to resolve them through my own efforts? Very important. So, today, the tension of joy and grief the tension of joy and grief. And this is a grief that every single one of us in this room, this past season, have experienced, I would guess, in different ways. Some of us have lost people very close to us, people we love. Some of you have lost friends, some of you have lost 
a marriage. Some of you have lost a career. Some of you have lost a job. Grief comes in a lot of different forms. It's not just through death as we think of death as in this person is not here on earth anymore. But there's grief in a lot of different ways. But Jesus, you know what Jesus said? He said, I came to bring you fullness of joy. John 15, 11. Let's look at that. They're going to put it up on screen. Or if you're following along in the notes or online, they're going to put the, the verse right up there on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, you can read this. John 15, 11. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Look at Jesus. He says, my joy, and then your joy. My joy, your joy. Guess what? The joy Jesus was talking about is... It's weird. You know why it's weird? Look at what he says in another place. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Jesus is preaching and he says, blessings on you when people slander you, persecute you and say all kinds of wicked things about you falsely because of me. Now there's some exclamation points in here. He says, celebrate and rejoice. How dumb is that? When was the last time you threw a party and you were joyful because someone canceled you out on social media? Woohoo! No, we usually go into the spiral. We usually retaliate. But Jesus, celebrate and rejoice. There's great reward for you in heaven. It was later. The writer of Hebrews said about Jesus in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, he said, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him endured the cross. You know how Jesus went to the cross? He went to the cross in joy. That is weird. Jesus, Jesus' joy, where he was talking about my joy. See, this joy Jesus was talking about was of a different kind of substance. It wasn't based on circumstance. It was something that was different than happiness or even pleasure. Now, the world that we live in, we kind of lump happy, joy, pleasure, feel good, awesome. It's all in the same category. This is not what Jesus was talking about. Paul even went on later Many years after Jesus, and Paul experienced this kind of joy. In 2 Corinthians 6.10, Paul said, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. I love how the message version, it says, we are immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy. When was the last time you experienced the deep joy when you were crying your eyes out in grief? That's weird. It doesn't make sense. What were Paul and Jesus trying to help us understand? They were trying to help us understand this. There is a tension in joy and grief. There is a tension between joy and grief. They're not exclusive and they're not meant to be exclusive. We think if I'm this, then I can't be this. If I'm this, I can't be that. We try to go one way or the other, but joy and grief are alike. Oh, how's that? That is weird. Do you know how joy and grief are alike? 
both joy and grief produce an intense longing in us. And what this longing points to is the key to managing this tension. Both joy and grief are very alike. They produce a deep, deep longing in us. And what this longing points to, that is the key for managing this tension. See, this is how it works. Every single day, every moment of your day, you are surrounded by absolute peace, contentment, joy, life, love. Oh, does that describe your day? Pfft. No. <laughs> but it's there. The joy, the contentment, the peace that we long for, it's there. It's the reality of the kingdom that Jesus said he came bringing. God's kingdom is here now on earth. God's kingdom, Jesus said, is God's rightness, his peace, his joy, the fulfillment of our everyone. That is around us. That is surrounding us every single moment. It's what Jesus made possible. That's what we put, that we call salvation. God's kingdom reality. No more separation between God and humans. No more alienation between God and man. That is the reality. That is what is surrounding us. That is what is with us. That is the reality of our life. Every single moment of every breath we breathe on this earth, that is a reality. But the problem is we're usually too stressed too frantic, too distracted, too full, too busy to connect with it. So, you know what God does? God is just so good. He sends what C.S. Lewis, he calls them stabs or jabs of joy. You can poke the person beside you if you are not scared of touching somebody. You can do that. <laughs> But if you're sitting next to somebody, that means you're cohorting together and online. You can poke the person beside you, or you can just give a poke if you're by yourself, just as a poke in the comment section. Poke. God gives you jabs of joy. You know what these jabs of joy are? They're the song that just goes, oh, it's that thing in your chest. How many of you got that song when you hear it? It's just that thing you just go, oh, yeah, it's that Goosebump song. You hear it, you go, that's my jam. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, he gives you jabs of joy. It's those, it's those cute little baby coos. Oh, our grandson is just like talking so much. It's so cute. You know those jabs of joy? It's when you walk into the bakery and they just made that whatever that reminds you of grandma's house. Yeah, you know, or, you know, you're somewhere else, you're like, oh, it smells like grandma's house. It smells like that, you know, cake she used to make. Or what else those jabs of joy? It's this time of year when you're outside and the smell of leaves, it's kind of like dying wet leaves, but it's like this really amazing smell. And, they, or they crunch if they're not wet. Come on, it's those feelings, it's those things inside, those little jabs of joy. Or, you know what, the jab of joy when you've got the long line of traffic, especially if you're out here in our parking lot, and it's like between 4.30 and 5 o'clock, it's a never-ending story. But then there's that one guy that lets you in, and you're like, thank you. <laughs> or it's the way your friends, how you feel when your friends' faces light up when they see you. 
See, those are jabs of joy. And they are supposed to create, they, they create a longing inside of us. See, those jabs of joy are God's gift to pull us to his heart where the fulfillment of that longing is meant to be resolved. Those little jabs of joy are meant to pull us into God's heart, to God's presence, where that every longing, where we discover that he himself is the fulfillment of every single one of those longings and not the temporary stuff we look to to try to feel good, to try to get that feel-good feeling. Are you tracking? It's so quiet in here. I'm taking it. You all had like, you're crashing from the sugar last night that your kids all brought home and you got into after they were in bed. See, God gives us these little jabs. They're gifts. They're meant to pull us into him where we can find, we discover, you know what? Uh, that contentment, that peace. He is the one that's going to fulfill all of that longing. It's where we, in his presence, we're going to experience the fulfillment of God's love in us like never before. And that's something we can experience now here on earth. Not just heaven someday. Heaven someday in this ethereal place was not what Jesus came preaching. It's not what Jesus came talking about. He he was talking about God bringing his kingdom of life and joy and peace and fulfillment onto the earth. Now, it's not fully here, but it is here. And here's some jabs to give you a little bit of a taste to whet your appetite and to get you longing for the real thing. But those little jabs of joy aren't enough. So here's where the tension of grief comes in. This is from the book Shadowlands and Songs of Light by Kevin Ott. He says, after we've lost someone or something precious in life, the pain has a way of obliterating earthly cares. Or, at the very least, weakening those cares. The tough outer layer of the human heart, our preoccupation with earthly pursuits, pleasures, and ambitions, it cracks and softens under the weight of grief. Isn't that powerful? Once our earthly cares crack, we learn something about joy. Man, I love that. I want to clarify something. I don't for a minute believe God sends bad things so we grieve. That's not what I'm saying. Grief happens because our world is broken. It's not the way it's supposed to be fully. And that's why we agree. But here's the thing. God doesn't shield us from loss, pain, heartbreak, and disappointment. Because it's, I love this, it's grief that removes the protective layers that we place between our hearts and deep longing. See, there is something in every single one of us. It is this deep longing. And you know what that deep longing is? In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that God has put eternity in man's hearts. That divinely implanted sense of a purpose which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God alone. See, there's this homing beacon in you. It's this deep longing for eternity. It's this deep longing for the things of God, for your true home and your true home is God's presence, God's love, God's forgiveness, God's perfect acceptance. And it is such a deep longing in us that we carry this thing in us and we try to protect ourselves from it and we try to shield ourselves from it because it aches so much. So we try to look for temporary fixes. 
busy stuff. Stuff of life. We just try to get the temporary substitute. But this is where grief's longing can be so powerful. Because grief can connect us to a powerful joy if we learn how to manage the tension. If we let grief point us to the true fulfillment of those deep longings inside. What could it pull you to? This is a tension between grief and joy. And you know, in the last couple of weeks, many of you know, if you've been following us on post social media, I've lost both my parents in the last month. And this whole journey has been very interesting in different ways. Because there are so many amazing memories of my mom and my dad. My dad was an expected after a long time, it wasn't totally expected, but it was like, it was a long, long, hard tr journey he'd been on for the last couple years, especially the last six months. My mom was totally unexpected. And there's been so many amazing memories. I was so blessed with great parents. My brother and sister and I, we have our little group chat, and we have a thing on Facebook where a whole bunch of friends and family are just posting memories. It's been so good for processing. And there's so many good memories, but there's, oh, man, there is a pain that, that, that's there. And if you've lost someone close, you know what I mean. But it's not just, oh, I miss my mom and dad. Because if you've lost someone or something very close to you, you know, missing them is such a weak description for what you're feeling inside. It's not a missing them. It's this longing it's this ache. And you know what I can say honestly over the last couple weeks? Heaven has never felt so close. Not heaven as in the ethereal someday I'll die and I'll be there and I'll be with my mom and dad. That's not it at all. It's the very real reality of God's presence here now on earth. The reality that there is this thin veil separating us from the reality of God's peace. The reality of God's joy. The reality of God's very present. His very real comfort. His very real strength. This world that the dividing line between this space and where God is, it's gotten so thin. And see, that's what grief, that's what loss is meant to do. It's meant to pull us to God's heart and not get stuck in the loss. So how do we manage this? How do you manage this? See, there is... This deep part of us, these grieving seasons are meant to pull us and to connect our soul to that someone and something that is beyond this world. So what do you do in the in-between? I'm going to give you three things very practically. One of them you're going to have to go online afterwards and get. Online, if you're watching now, finish out the message and go back later because they're going to put up the link in the comments. It is in your notes. But here's the first thing you need to do. How do you manage this in-between? How do you manage this tension of joy and grief? Number one, you got to build spiritual muscle to manage the tension. You know how you build spiritual muscle? Through spiritual disciplines. And if you're just tuning in with us for the first time or just joining us in real life for the first time, go on to the series that we did. We just, right before this series, earlier in September, I don't remember what it was called. Flourish, the new F word. There we go. Check out the new F word. There you go. But we need to build spiritual muscle 
through spiritual disciplines. And spiritual disciplines are practices and habits that we do to allow us to cooperate with the work the Holy Spirit wants to do in our soul and in deep inside of us. And what he's trying to do, what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do is build strength and resiliency and this flexibility in us so that we can manage the tensions in between. So that the Holy Spirit is wanting to form something deeper in us to sustain us and anchor us during the in-between pulling tension when it gets a little bit too much to bear. So in your notes, there was a video called Growing Joy, or I don't know what they called it. It might be something in there. Don't play it now. We go back there. It, is, it gives you some specific practical steps on how to grow joy. Very practical things on how to grow the joy muscle. You can come up, Elizabeth. You can come up. I wasn't saying don't play that now. I was saying don't play it now to anybody watching online. But how to grow joy, there's some very, there's some practices. This is some things I have personally been doing, and it has been the most exhilarating thing. You can literally grow joy. Joy is not a feeling and an emotion. It is a decision. But we need to train and brain to grow in, to recognize and respond to joy because there is very little in our world that creates true joy. Maybe happiness, maybe pleasure, but not true joy. So number one, you gotta grow some spiritual muscles. Number two, let the experiences of joy, those little jabs of joy, direct you to the joy giver. Let those joy jabs, those experiences of joy, whether they're big things, whether it's the birth of your first baby or the birth of your first grandchild, or you just got married, or you just got engaged, or you just got a new job, or you just moved into a new house, or you just discovered how to make a perfect souffle, and if that's your thing, whatever, but whatever. But if whatever that joy jab, let that joy pull you to God. Let it pull you to that deeper longing that found in Him, to God's joy, to God's love, to who God is because see if we don't do that what happens is the experiences of joy become objects of joy and we begin to pursue the objects over the one who gave them to us and the Bible has a word for that it's called idolatry your kids your grandkids your spouse your partner your boyfriend your girlfriend your job can be an idol here's the last one number three resist the urge to run from or try to numb the intense frustrating negative responses in your soul to grief resist the urge to run from grief resist the urge to try to numb grief with the temporary fix of this world See, these tensions are meant to make us feel the need of something we can't see. And it's a reality of God's presence here with us. It's a reality of our true home. And see, the world wants to try to trick us into believing you're going to feel that you're going to get the resolve through this thing. You're going to get the resolve through this relationship. You're going to get the, the that joy pang. You're going to get that happy fix. You're going to get that pleasure thing through this circumstance, turning around and through this situation or through that or some other cheap substitute or temporary fix through friends or family or, you know what, and you know what the Bible calls it? The Bible calls that chasing the wind. And here's the thing, wind will fill a cave, but the cave is still empty. 
Wind will fill a cave, but the cave is still empty. Those things will fill you for a minute, but they actually aren't. When we try to distract ourselves in times of grief, instead of allowing those times to draw us to God's heart and to a reality that is beyond this world, we're settling for a cheap substitute. We're letting go of the tension. Why doesn't God feel close to me in this season? Why has God abandoned me? Why has God left me? Why is God not here? Maybe, maybe, maybe. It's because we've let go of the tension that God was using to pull us to his heart. And we said, no, I don't want the tension. I want a cheap fix right now. I want the resolve now. And we let go of that tension that God was using to try to pull us to himself. See, here's the thing, the fulfillment. You can stand. I want to invite everyone to stand. See, here's the wonderful good news that Jesus brought. You know what? The fulfillment of every longing in your soul, the fulfillment of that is coming. That every longing is being fulfilled. Every heartache, every loss is going to be restored, is going to be returned. Every broken heart is going to be restored. Everything that you've lost, every longing will be met when Jesus returns. We are in the in-between right now. It's not too fun, but you know what? Those longings will be they will be completed they will be resolved the problem is if we're trying to chase the resolve out there we're gonna miss when that resolve cord goes boom we'll miss the resolve I want to pray Jesus can you pray this prayer with me just close your eyes online I want to invite you to pray this prayer as well everyone let's pray this together and it's a prayer of saying, God, I want your kingdom more than anything else. I want that reality more than anything else. So let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I am made for your kingdom and nothing else will do. I give my hope to your true and certain return when you will make all things new all things new God all things new I want you to just begin to speak that what loss what longing what have you what grief have you experienced I want you to just begin to speak that online if you're watching I want to invite you to pray that too then there's room. I want to invite you to pray that what what is all things new all things new maybe it's a marriage that's been broken a marriage that seems hopeless a marriage that you've written off all things new God all things new maybe it's a relationship maybe it is a very real loss of someone that you have loved all things new God all things new all things new every memory made new every hope fulfilled every longing met all things new God we thank you and just everybody with your eyes closed, we're going to pray and online as well. I want you to just don't shift gears quickly yet. I want to pray and we're going to pray together. It's a prayer of saying yes to this reality of God's salvation here now in your life. That peace, that fulfillment, that contentment, that absolute knowing there is nothing between you and God. Can we pray this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for everything that you've done to bridge the gap between God and I. Jesus, thank you for making all things new through your death and resurrection. And I say yes to following you. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God thanks in this room? Can we give him praise? 
We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.